we're back. We took a week off for the 4th of July holiday. I hope everybody got some time to spend away from work, spend it with friends, family, loved ones. All right. I'm John Bauer at the Bauer Club on Twitter. This is Dynasty Theory. Sorry, I'm, I'm all jacked up about the holidays still. Mm-hmm. You know I'm joined by Dan LaMagna. You know it. What's up, Dan? JB, I love how you're still like pumped on the holiday. Like I, I, I forgot about the holiday by now. I'm still in uh, recovery mode uh, th- this weekend. I apologize to our friends in the Patreon. I've been a little quieter than usual. Took the mother-in-law to a Yankees game on Saturday. It was like felt like a hundred and some degrees there, but it, it was a good time. Um, you know, DraftKings was kind to me because I had to make it interesting. Because I'm a Phillies fan, and the Yankees they, they were good when I needed them. So enjoy that game. And then it was Philly the very next day for the Scott Fishbowl live draft. And that was just a blast, man. I, you know, I heckled their friend Shaden is the worst as we were talking pre-show and it, it, they had this auction and you know, I, I put in all kinds of things I liked and supported it, but everyone there knew I was a Cowboys fan. So I bid on the um, AJ Brown live autograph uh, actual helmet. And of I course went. you did. And it felt so good to, to get this Eagles helmet in front of all the Eagles fans there, and, and I got booed, but uh, it, it made for a memorable moment. But good times, man, and ready to roll on uh, Dynasty Theory tonight. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I don't know if you remember how to do this, Mitch, but it's been a few weeks. Yeah, you know Mitch Sorensen, what's up? I'm thinking it's been, it feels like a month, it really does. But like right before we get on, you know, the intro's playing, so I do a quick, quick stretch. Like my rib popped, I'm getting old. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm over 40 now. Stuff just doesn't work like it used to. Well, let's get away from the old talk here, guys. All right. Talk about the two, Talk Let's about the rookies. So two weeks ago, when it was just Dan and myself, again, this is a long time ago, two weeks in dynasty terms, that might as well be a lifetime ago. Dan and I talked about some of the 2023 rookies that we really thought could pop here. Speaking of pop, you know, Mitch is popping his rib. We're talking about rookies that could pop. What a segue. You got some uh, Funko pop behind you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we spent some time there. And, you know, it's nice because the first name on the list tonight is one that Dan and I actually talked about as being somebody that could rise in value throughout the 2023 season heading into the 2024 offseason. But tonight we're going to talk about some potential rookie busts and you know i i didn't really put any uh parameters around this so before we even get into specific players mitch if i say mm-hmm. all right this player's they're a bust what does that really mean to you it means bryce young or anthony richardson are bottom 20 quarterbacks in dynasty next year that sort of drop and it really depends on like where we're getting the guys, right? If we're going to bring up a second round draft pick, I mean, if, if he's worth a late second, no one really cares. It's like, whatever, it was a second round pick in the first place. But we need to see like pretty drastic value shifts with them and then whoever is coming in next year's draft. Uh, Dan, you got a draft mate in here. You got a league mate. He's not happy with you. He says, better not run that clock up. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was thinking about this today when we talked about the topic of rookie busts and it's like, you could look at it in a few different ways. And Dan, I'll turn it over to you here in a second for your thoughts on the, the prompt itself, but it, it's always compared to the cost to acquire them. Right? Like if you spent, let's just say for an example, coming out in super flex drafts, people spent a late first on Geno Smith when he was a rookie 
by all accounts, he was a bust. You spend early draft capital, and you can put any different name here. You know, let's say Terrace Marshall really pops off eventually. Where you spent, where you took him, where the, the draft capital, Denzel Mims, you know, just because down the road they might have success. I I say Denzel Mims. I don't think he's going to be one we have to worry about. But just wait. You you get the point though. There are always those spikes and those those peaks and those valleys, those ebbs and those flows, and there are different points across a uh, across the dynasty year and and over a player's dynasty life where they might get back to that value that they cost to acquire when they were a rookie. So I think we can look at it one of two ways. Uh, just extremely unproductive their rookie season. And as a result, they dropped significantly in value. And I have a lot of good data here tonight, guys. I am ready oh to go on one tonight. You can, I just feel the energy. Mm-hmm. Once I get data in front of me, I have, I have a process over results, AKA it's a, it helps me sleep at night when I'm wrong. Cause the process was right. Right. That, that's for, for, for our listeners right now, going through Mitch and I's mind are, what did we get ourselves into tonight? Like we <laughs> no, know like, when John I is this I revved up. I think I his glasses off for the first five minutes. I'm pretty sure <laughs> we can out. do this. Oh, well, I'm almost done. Almost done. Or so we're oh. talking about rookie busts. They just completely come out the gate and they just flop. And there's no, there's no peaks. That's just a Valley. Our man, Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, Anthony McFarlane came in as a top 50 dynasty running back out the gate. He wasn't a, extremely sought after back, obviously, but still top 50 nonetheless. Then year two plummets to in the hundreds, you know, so there's different ways to look at this. Dan, did we kind of cover it? Did we kind of hit all the 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 context surrounding a what is a, a 2023 rookie bust here? Yeah, I would just add the clarifying point that we always have is just because we'd list them as a bust tonight doesn't mean we're not going to draft them or you won't find them on any of our dynasty rosters. Um, some of them maybe, <laughs> but uh, I just think they're guys that I'm not going to chase like the guys that we thought were going to pop a week ago. You know, I'm not going to trade yeah. up. These guys would have to be fallers at a very favorable ADP for me to put them on my rosters. Or I'm just kind of giving our listeners a little buyer's beware. You know, I might like some of them, but there is some reason to think that they could bust. And bust could be anything from, you know, a low floor to a high ceiling. I mean, it could be, hey, they just didn't meet our expectations based on we took them, or they just really flopped and fell off the earth like your boy Keyshawn Vaughn. And I think a lot of it tonight is going to be based on additional context. Again, saying, hey, player A is a bust. Well, what does that really mean to us? And and what context can we add from a, a 2023 projection versus a more uh, longer term projection as long term as we can in this crazy game that changes ever so constantly. All right, Mitch, just because it's been so long, I want you to start us off. And do you guys mind if, and you know, I don't care what your answer is, but I'm <laughs> yeah, so how are we doing this? I'm pretending like I'm genuinely asking you, Okay. but let's go running backs first. Okay. Because I have a, you know, me and my buckets, I have different buckets I want to talk about here with running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. I know Dan has a few quarterbacks he wants to mention, but let's start with running backs. Mitch. I was hoping there was like a little banner that was going to pop up. We're going to start talking about Zach Charbonnet, but I guess that's not going to happen. So I was ready for the excitement. That's my bad. My fault. But like, I know you guys brought him up. 
last week, and I under completely understand the reasoning about why someone would be buying into Zach Charbonnet. My issue is, like Kenneth Walker was legit good for a rookie last year, right? And I know we go back to, oh, Zach Charbonnet is going to come in and he's going to catch all the passes, right? And why do we look at that? I don't know why we think he is so much better in the passing game than what Kenneth Walker is. If you look at like the amount of catches they had compared to their team's completions in both their juniors, like Charbonnet had like 7% and Kenneth Walker had like 4%. I mean, it was, it was nothing. They both probably aren't good in the passing game. So if we, or you could go for like the senior season, but we could count the senior season for him if we want to. But I mean, Kenneth Walker probably would have killed at Michigan State if he stayed for a senior year, but he didn't. He came out in the NFL and was really good as a rookie, right? So just going back, looking how Seattle used their backs throughout the whole season, um, like even if you give him all of the yards that Travis Homer had, Tony Jones had, DJ Jowls, just say Sharp gets all of those it's still not going to be enough to make up the difference on what other backs are going to be doing. And then the future rookies that are going to be coming into next year's draft. I think anyone who's using a late first value, early second value on him, they're going to immediately take a hit. And the only way it's going to go up and he ends up being a rookie riser is if Walker gets injured. I really think that's the only possible way it happens. I I don't want to get too into it just because Dan and I did cover all of it two weeks ago, but I don't believe he even needs an injury to maintain his value. So we're talking about a bust. We're talking about somebody that's going to drop in value. Let's say you do spend that late first, early second value in 12 team super flex formats. I don't know that we're all that far off. Even if Kenneth Walker doesn't get injured. And I, I'll be shocked if you get a late second for him. Oh, geez, Louise. Yep. No, 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 no. Listen, and you talk about the 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 four percent, seven percent receiving uh-huh. market shares, and there are different thresholds that you need to meet. And to be four percent is shit. So seven, seven is it good? It is significantly better from a uh, percentile perspective than four percent. Yeah, it's like three catches over the course of the year. I mean. Uh, I'll pull up the rookie data again after the show because I have 15 sheets up now as we speak. Um, but uh, just so everyone knows, I cheated a little bit because uh, Kenneth Walker didn't play in their bowl game. So I deducted the pass attempts there, you know, to make his go. It was 3%. We're calling it four. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure here we go. Did. Tilting the stats his way. But but there, you, we also saw it last year and we talked about this. Kenneth Walker had one of the highest rates in the NFL of plays that did not um, result in a positive yardage. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Um, Oh, his jersey must be in my closet. You see Barry Sanders? He did. Okay. Doing the exact same. We just, you (laughs) did not. I dropped Barry Sanders. You did not just mention Kenneth Walker and Barry Sanders in the same sentence. One gets more red zone work. JB, we need an intervention here soon. I, I, Mitch has been working too hard. Listen, so so like no joking though, I don't care about those efficiency stats because I don't think the coaches care about these efficiency stats. I'll think Pete Carroll's going like, you know what? Yeah, he broke off that 40 yarder, but he lost two yards, three plays in a row. So we're just going to take him off the field. I just, 
don't. But he he was able he was able to stay on the field because he was sharing the backfield with Tony Jones, Travis Homer, Mitch Sorensen. Uh, these aren't even real names at this point. Exactly. Zach Charbonnet is some sort of wine. I mean, come on. Uh, Charbonnet, I like it. I like it. Listen, uh, so right now we, we talk about these buckets. The I well, I talk about these buckets. You do. And I can discuss this now because I'm looking at Dan's list and Mitch's remaining players. Nobody else falls in here. So right now, as we stand, Bijan Robinson is running back one overall for Dynasty. Jameer Gibbs running back five. And this is according to ADP. Mm. Beautiful. Zach Charbonnet coming at running back 24, okay? And for me, running back 24 from a uh, context standpoint, that falls into the 23 to 34 tier that I have him in. And I, that's a fairly large tier. So I'm by no means am I saying Zach Charbonnet is a top 20 back as we sit here today. But I, I pulled a lot of data today. And I went back to 2019 and you might say, JB, why'd you only go back to 2019? Well, because I ran out of time. All right. Uh, so from 2019 to 2022, only four years, but 13 running backs as rookies, according to June ADP in their respective rookie seasons came in better than running back 25. Okay. So running back 24 or better. All right. 13, only one of them dropped by more than one spot positionally going into their second year. Do you know who it was? Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> now, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Wow. He dropped about seven spots looking at it positionally. So the way I'm looking at this based on his age and based on my expectation of production and the way that backfield is split. I listen, I know the split and the usage is going to be a huge uh, difference of opinion here. And I get that, but the way I see it, he is at least going to maintain that running back 24 uh, ADP as we head into June of 24. And that's even inclusive of the four or five 2024 running backs that I know people have a lot of expectations for. So real quick, Dan, let me ask Dan this. Dan, I know you like Charbonnet too, right? So, so how good is the Seahawks offense going to be like positionally? Cause we have DK Metcalf, top 10 wide receiver, uh, GSN's probably around top 15 to, I guess we're going to have two top 20 dynasty running backs. We're going to have Gino. Who's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I'm guessing at some point next year, like, so this is an offense. Like we have to buy into at this point. It is. And I think that creates enough volume, enough uh, touches to go around, enough red zone work for these running backs. And we, you know, when we talked on the, um, was it the rookie episode where we're going to pop the guys that we think could break out, mm -hmm. that was part of the Charbonnet argument there. You know, he's a guy that I liked on film, Mitch. Coach Carroll's given the endorsement, he could do everything well. We know Walker's a hothead and might not stay healthy. And, and Coach Carroll gives everybody what? an endorsement. He does, but it, it it helped our cause here. It's it's like Mitch, you know, not <laughs> I didn't jump leaving in. out one game quiet. of stats. There, we got we got to throw in Pete Carroll's endorsement. Um, so there's enough like 
plus signs here, Mitch, that I, I think he's on the pop side versus the bus side. And it's not like we're taking Charbonnet like with Bijan and Gibbs. We're, we're, you normally get him at a pretty good value in draft. So I, I'd be really shocked if he was was a bust. Yeah, and, and again, for me, I you look at the guys going ahead of him and just valued uh, uh, fantasy calc. You're looking at Miles Sanders. And these are, listen, these are guys that I have above Zach Charbonnet. All right. But just listen to the list. We have Miles Sanders, Derek Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Devontae Williams, uh, DeAndre Swift, Rashad White. They're all guys in precarious situations themselves. I mean, being a running back by itself puts you in a precarious situation. But then you look at the guys going after him. I, I, I don't see many of these guys, if any, displacing him. So it really is maintaining his current value and thinking that enough guys drop above him when the new rookies come in. But I re- listen, I truly believe we see the year one production from him that is going to be necessary to maintain that value. Less than 400 yards rushing, less than 200 yards receiving. Absolutely nope. not. No it, way. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, let, let we can wager anything you'd like. Then. You keep saying these wagers on the show, but then we never actually wager when it comes down to it. I don't know what the last I, one I, was. I won cold, hard cash on this one. That is illegal in Utah, John, and I wouldn't be allowed to do that. I think if if we'll those stats come up, JB and I fund a dynasty team for you next year, a dynasty startup. And if those if it's over, you fund a team where JB and I partner up for the first time in history. Done. Uh, Easy. No, that no, done. no, wait a minute. He that's made the bet, pun- JB. Yep. No, done. no, done. that's a punishment to me either way. <laughs> I that also it. entertains our <laughs> listeners. This is, becomes an experiment here. Okay. All right, all right. So we talked to six hundred combined yards under is mine. You guys get the other. JB, we got a free dynasty team next year. I I know, I know. All right, Dan, (laughs) you have two quarterbacks you want to talk about. I thought we were starting with running backs. I got a running back on that list, JB. Are we staying Uh, consistent? You said we're doing running backs first? (sighs) Yeah, yeah, all right, let's go to the next one. Damn it. All right, running back still. So if there really is a rookie running back bust out there, JB, it's it's Devon A-Chain, not Zach Charbonnet, because – a-Chain's only 5'8", 188 at the draft. Come on, a 5'8", 188 back. Soaking wet. I don't think he could hold up in pass protection. I believe Mostart's going to be the starter this year. You still have Jeff Wilson there. That team doesn't even run the ball, first of all. Hopefully, they do more, a little bit more for Tua's sake. And honestly, I'd rather get Tank Bigsby. I'd rather get, you know, slide a little bit, draft someone else, improve my roster, get a... Kendra Miller even. So I don't see where people are taking a chain. I think there's this expectation that he could boom for him. I'm just not seeing it. I thought he was too late. And, you know, during our rookie drafts and I don't think anything's changed here today. Currently coming in around running back 27. Uh, Mitch, where are you now? Because I know you were an a chain guy. initially. Has that changed? I agree with Dan. Like I love him, but I do. Law of probabilities are probably Dalvin Cook's going to end up there, right? And if Dalvin, I don't think so. I don't think so. Thing. So, like, I'm thinking if that's where Dalvin Cook ends up, my A chain shares are 
So they're about floored at that point. Even if he doesn't end up there, they offered him a contract. So that's saying something. I know. I agree. I completely agree. It is. And I'm reading into that, but I'm not worried about Mostert and Jeff Wilson. I'm not worried about those guys that much, but I do think my opinion is Dalvin Cook's going to end up there. And if that happens, then I'm very worried about all of my A-chain shares. I think Mostert and Wilson eat up the carries until they get injured, which will happen. (laughs) But, but, but I think there are the guys going on and going in there. Um, Charbonnet or A-chain, Mitch? Oh, Charbonnet. Yeah. Okay. Right now. Yeah. We'll see. If Dalvin Cook doesn't sign, I'll take A-chain in a heartbeat. But, Ooh, yeah. I struggle with that. All right, Mitch, you have a running back that kind of falls into this same range. I do, and I don't know if people are really still high on him or not, but I'm just – it's Tyje Spears. And the reason behind it is if Derrick Henry is healthy, Spears isn't going to see the field. Like – so looking back at last year, uh, of course, my notes just shut off. But there wasn't a Titans back who totaled over 160 yards rushing, right? And that's my worry for Spears outside of Henry, is if he's healthy, Henry's going to get 350 touches. They're going to use the crap out of him. And I think there's a strong chance that they end up bringing him back for a couple years. Like, I just think that's probably what's going to happen. And if that does, uh, he's a great handcuff, which is cool but I'm not spending a second round pick to back up Derrick Henry. Cause even if Henry goes out, I'm not Spears if, sure if Spears is good enough and the offense will be good enough to carry him. What if Spears is 80% of Henry, right? That offense just might be terrible. That offense might not move with Will Levis, Ryan Tannehill, whoever is there. If Henry goes down. So for me, it's just a complete stay away, move on from Spears and we'll see how it plays out after next season. JB, I don't know if I'm seeing eye to eye with Mitchell here tonight. Oh no, because I I think it's I think Derrick Henry's getting to like, I mean he's still going to be a bell cow, but I think there's a little bit of mo- load management figured in there that they want to get him to the postseason and have a healthy Derrick Henry, and I think comparing last year's backup running backs to Henry, like I don't think they're as good as Tajay Spears. I mean just on film, I was never high on on Haskins. Never mind this off the field stuff that he has now, and I think Tennessee knew they didn't have anyone else really capable a year ago, so. I think now they drafted someone, they invested in someone, they know they need that. I think this Titans team is going to be a little better than everyone thinks, just based on coaching alone with Coach Vrabel. Every year, people just kind of write them off, and he keeps them competitive. I think he keeps Tennessee competitive again. I predict they signed De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins here in the, in the near future. I, I hear that's picking up a little bit as far as them being aggressive, and they need that help. So Burks comes into his own. Hop, you know, Hopkins is there. You got Chig. Tannehill's a solid veteran. I don't think Will Levis is ready, but he gives him an insurance policy. I think there's a competitive team and Spears has a role. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it with Tennessee. Either, you know, I I am of the belief that Tennessee kind of overachieves compared to current expectations. Um, are they going to be a good team by any means? Probably not. But I people are talking about well, they could be, you know, one and five, two and four, their first six games. We see Will Levis then come in. You know, if that's the case, Mitch, you kind of mentioned it, but I do think they would move on from Derrick Henry. They'll fi- you find a contender midseason. If if you're pulling the plug on Tannehill, I think it is a uh, uh, a tandem there. You pull the plug on Henry there at some point, and if they don't, if this team does overachieve compared to current expectations. I think Tajay Spears, along with a player like Kendra Miller, 
is going to have that little bit of insulation throughout the year because in both situations with the contracts, with the age of the running backs ahead of them, there is that hope and that optimism from the dynasty community that both teams very well could move on. And I, I mentioned Kendra Miller in the same breath here because you, you, you look at these guys, whether it's A-Chain, Kendra Miller, Tajay Spears, all guys that certainly aren't in that first bucket. They're not coming in top 24 dynasty backs as we stand here today. Uh, you know, so let me let me just say, throw some numbers at you guys. I see Mitch. I see it in his eyes. He's ready for this. So looking at it over the last four years, 2019 to 2022 rookies, I talked about running backs that started out preseason ADP as top 24 dynasty backs. Now stretching it out to 25 to 40, all right? So guys that come in that running back three territory for dynasty purposes, there were there were 12 of them, okay? Only three of them rose in value. Rashad White, Damian Pierce, A.J. Dillon. Seven of the 12 dropped by at least 30 spots. Seven of 12. So we're looking at this bucket. It's A-Chain, it's Miller, it's Roshan, it's Tank, it's Tajay. <laughs> three of them, two to three, probably fall significantly. And then looking at the 12 backs uh, in that sample and the seven that dropped by at least 30 spots looking at running backs, Damien Harris and Daryl Henderson are the only ones that kind of recoup some value. They both dropped significantly going into their year two. And then for one reason or another, based on production opportunity, uh, moving pieces in their respective backfields, they rose a little bit, but it, it, we're going with those, those names there. A chain, Kendra, Roshan, tank, Tajay, Mitch are a chain and Tajay Spears. Then the two that you would say have a, a good chance of dropping significantly. All a chains only get drop it cook goes there i'm still gonna be on my okay. h-a train for a little while okay but okay. i mean i think roshan could be one that could just absolutely drop and we have the hype but maybe the bears just don't give him all the touches that we think he's gonna get see i actually think roshan's that guy too that that could fall into that category mm -hmm. because again i i don't think dalvin cook ends up in miami yeah they offered him a contract but is it is it better to not offer a contract as opposed to an insulting offer? Like how serious were they then if they sent, if they sent an offer and it wasn't, it wasn't what he was looking for, you know? So out of that, that group, I would say value insulation, Kendra Miller, Ty J Spears to an extent tank Bigsby, I, he's one. If Tank Bigsby does not get the involvement, a lot of people were saying, hey, he's going to be involved in the passing game. If he doesn't get that involvement, and I have a lot of the Tank, he's one that could drop to the 50s, early 60s. There's potential for that. Um, uh, A-Chain could certainly drop a few spots, but, but I think Roshan is the one that might have the widest range of outcomes. Would it surprise me if Roshan was a top 20 back this time next year? I wouldn't be shocked. Would I be shocked if he's in the fifties? I wouldn't be shocked. So based on recent history, running backs in this range from an ADP perspective, you know, 
there is that risk. There is that concern. And again, it's a small sample size. It's more anecdotal than anything, but I did find it interesting. And I wanted to share it with you fine folks. I I think that's the gem of the night there, JB. Honestly, I I think it is kind of stating a buyer beware on all five of those guys. I think all of us in some way, you know, have some skepticism on them, but then we have some, some hope and some optimism of opportunity. And it comes down to, you know, we've talked in the past. What don't we know? Who's really put in the work? Who's doing those little things? And then, you know, you need a little bit of luck. You need a little bit of opportunity. And there's windows of opportunities with most of those teams there. So, but you do have to be careful. Mitch. Don't overspend. Don't overspend. As rookie drafts already happened and we all overspent. Startups, right, though. Yeah, startup. Oh, right. I, I, and, and we're going to get into somebody later that I, I'm, it's really intriguing looking at the difference between their startup value and their rookie draft value and their trade market in existing leagues. But we'll get to that in a second. All right, Mitch. Between running back 41 and 50, all right? Right okay. now, we have Chase Brown, Izzy Abanacanda, and Zach Evans. Who, let's go with one, who is the most likely to just be a dynasty afterthought in a year's time? Izzy. Afterthought. Easy. You me. think Izzy? I think Evans has a chance. I mean, Akers quit on the Rams, and they had to bring him back in last year, right? I think Evans has a chance. Uh, the other player you mentioned is escaping me. Chase Brown. Yeah, but Chase Brown's in a great spot. We all know that right behind Joe Mixon. Like so Chase. I think Izzy is just the one that, you know, is probably going to fall out. I agree. Yeah, sorry, I'm pulling up. Uh, next Close. One, one, one weird trick to avoid rookie busts. Trade away your picks. Dan knows that Dan, all too well. Dan? So yep. in that 41 to 50 bucket, uh, there were eight players that came into the league since 2019 uh, at the running back position. Five of them out of the eight rose in value, a, a decent amount of value. And that's Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison. Uh, one, two, three, four. And Ramondre Stevenson, Dan's guy. Two of the eight dropped in value. And you drop in value when you come in in this range. <laughs> It was Anthony McFarland, I mentioned him earlier, and Darrington Evans. So we could be looking at an Izzy Abanacanda, Zach Evans, kind of like the Anthony McFarland, Darrington Evans. I mean, you're saying the backs behind Derrick Henry kind of makes sense. I could could be Ty J Spears, <laughs> but again, I, I truly do believe I know I know that the knees are shot, right? For Ty J Spears, but I do think there are enough outs for him that there is going to be a little bit of that insulation. Again, as much value insulation as we can possibly have let's for be, running back. Let's be clear. His knees are fresh today. It's just the long-term prognosis for Dynasty is concerning, but he is fresh right now. It's I keep saying, and this is my, uh, my uh, doctor glasses are on, because you know that means a whole lot. He is, he's healthy till he isn't. Like that, once he hits that, that, that could cliff, be true. Listen, li- listen, that cliff is just, he's going to be good, good, good. Mm-hmm. It's Sony Michelle. I mean, it's really what it reminds me of. Jay Ajayi, Sony yeah. Michelle, hashtag analysis, healthy till he isn't. That, that, that would be a good show. That, JP's feeling it tonight. Healthy till it. he isn't. All right, Dan, give us your quarterbacks now. We talked about the running backs. Quarterback bust. This is kind of fun. So I'm going to start with one that I'm, I don't necessarily believe is a bust, 
But I am going to give credit to Braden Lamagna, my 12-year-old, who pulls up a YouTube video last week and says, Dad, this guy is going to be a bust. I'm like, who are you talking about? And he says, C.J. Stroud. I'm a little surprised he even knows C.J. Stroud, but he's learning a lot this year. And I, I says, why, man? He goes, the quarterback two-pick curse, Dad. It's the curse. So he shows me the list. He, he's got JB Analytics. So I'm looking at Braden's <laughs> list, and there is Zach Wilson, most recent, Mitch Trubisky before, Carson Wentz, drafted second, is probably the biggest success of all these, but he's turned into a bust now. Marcus Mariota, RG3. The history is tremendous for quarterbacks that have been drafted second overall that have been bust. That is every quarterback that has been drafted second overall. And now C.J. Stroud, who gets drafted by the dysfunctional Texans, who don't necessarily instill any faith in uh, you know grooming or developing quarterbacks, that is my case. That That is my my son's pick. I told him I, I'd share it tonight. <laughs> the curse of the number two quarterback, buyer beware. Again, we gave the disclaimer in the beginning of the show. doesn't mean I don't want C.J. Stroud on my rosters. I, I'm hopeful for him, but beware of the curse. Well, besides that that quarterback at number two overall, I I believe C.J. Stroud will break that curse. I think, I think he's he gonna could have, be the one. He I think could he's going to have one. a pro- productive NFL career and he's going to be somebody based on age and production that he, I, I don't think he's going to be a bust when looking at it at least a year out here. All right. But Dan, you do have another one. So the other one's Anthony Richardson. And again, freak of an athlete, the coach of me, this kid walks in the room, he gets off the bus. I'm in love with him. All right. You, you know, I love those workout videos. He's got all of that, but he is going extremely high which we know why running quarterbacks, the man that's attractive next Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, whatever guys that weren't maybe accurate in college are now turning it, you know, whole two sample size there in the NFL. But what do we have to go on here? I mean, he played, let me do a little math here, 24 games, his entire collegiate career. He's got 24 career touchdowns and 15 career interceptions. You're playing elite. NFL defenses now. This isn't, you know, sub, you know, so-so defenses week to week. Like, are we sure? Are we really sure we're going to invest as high as we are on Anthony Richardson and pick the format, pick the startup, pick the whatever? I'm just saying he can be a bust. I, I feel like we're just putting blind faith in freak athleticism versus any actual proof in college. Well, See, well, I, one thing real quick. I just want to say Bryce Young only played in like 27 college games as well. He got like in a few games as a freshman, but those don't really count. But performed at a very high level. Oh, no, he's great. He's great. Won a national championship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's a body of work there. There's game film to look at and say, okay, this kid could throw in the National Football League. I, I don't. I haven't seen that in Richardson. I'm not saying, again, I, I get the why you take him, but if we're asking, hey, who could be your rookie bust? He would fit that category for me. I have a few thoughts overall. And I, I mean, we've talked about Anthony Richardson quite often, whether it's in the discord, whether it's uh, on social media, on the, the show here on a weekly basis, going all the way back to the beginning of the off season. And the, the ceiling is just talked about so often, but it's not wrong, right? There is that rushing upside, obviously. And there is that, uh, you know, that hope, that he will improve as a passer and, you know, but with Anthony Richardson, as he's one of those players, as long as he is on the field for fantasy purposes, he's going to give you that production. He's not going to be a quarterback that, okay, he's young. 
He's getting you low end quarterback to production, but is that really difference maker for your team? And the answer would be no. So with Anthony Richardson, yes, his bus potential it is extraordinarily high, but a lot of that goes to how long of a leash is he going to have there in Indianapolis? And is he going to give you production when he is on the field? I think that answer is certainly going to be yes. And because of that, you're going to have, I talked about outs earlier. You're going to have a handful of outs on Anthony Richardson. If you would be looking to move him and, you know, look at Justin Fields. I mean, a better passer, better body of work in college, but Mitch, how, how often have you talked about, you know, a system like Ohio state where the quarterbacks don't really need to go into the, your second, third read, um, especially Stroud. with, you know, what was that, Dan? CJ Stroud. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but that's also the number two pick overall curse. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think because of that, and this is what I was going to talk about earlier when I mentioned a player whose startup ADP and value is so much different than his value in existing leagues or rookie drafts. Mitch, we just saw the 102 in our league go for 105 and 205 in a 12 team super flex rookie draft, right? Can you imagine uh, the first round, like Anthony Richardson's going at the back end of the first in startups mm -hmm. or very beginning of the second. And the 105 might be Gibbs, who's going what? Third round, fourth Should round? Be first round, but yeah. And 205, which is maybe 10th round or so. So just think about that from a startup perspective. Back end of the first for a third and a 10th versus the, the, uh, the rookie market itself, it really is a fascinating dynamic. So I, I, I just wanted to, again, just, just bringing some things up tonight, just bringing some things up. You two are the ones that are bringing the, the busts here. I'm just Mr. <laughs> Data. Like but dude, it, I'm really happy that Dan brought up the quarterbacks because I always like to look at the like whole quarterback landscape of like each year coming in. One of these guys is going to bust. Like there is no doubt about it. One's going to bust. Hopefully two are good, but more than likely one will be good. One will be an average starter for five or six years and get replaced. And one of them won't outlast their rookie contract. Uh, in my opinion, that's how this rookie class is going to go. And if you're right, then you're great. Like if Anthony Richardson is your guy and you're on him, you're going to have a top three quarterback in dynasty. If he hits, or you could have a uh, 30th ranked because he's just, you know, behind sometimes whoever you, quarterback at that point you know what i mean sometimes but, your dynasty rosters you need to take that gamble you oh, need you that know, lightning in a bottle like quarterback and, yep. and i get the gamble but when you don't need to take the gamble you know i'm really curious how indianapolis deploys him this year you mentioned fields jb like and i've been hard on fields a, a bit but at some point chicago unlocked him and I don't know what took so long because all that scrambling ability we saw last year, we didn't necessarily always see at the NFL level. Like he became cheat code somewhere once like Chicago decided to, I guess, fit the offense to Justin Fields versus trying to force him to do things that he wasn't quite ready to. Um, but then I get I worry about the health aspect because he took a beating last year, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was on the bench in pain that like I felt bad for him some games. So with Richardson, it's hey. Does he get out there right away, or is it Gardner Minshew for a, for a few weeks? Who knows? If it's not and Richardson does go right out there, how does Indianapolis deploy him? 
My concerns are his ability to pass, not necessarily his ability to run, but can they unlock him like Chicago did and can they keep him healthy? But again, even if he, he let's say you get two years out of him, you're still, and unless you think he doesn't run the way we're expecting, like he's still going to give you that above replacement level production versus a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, who I don't, there's not a drastic separation for me between all of them from a value perspective today, but CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, there's a very good chance they, especially in a plus six minus four league, maybe they give you 13, 14, 15 points a week. Is that any better than X amount of replacement level options? No. So maybe you have them for their entire rookie contract, but is that any better than two elite fantasy years from Anthony Richardson? If for it me, plays the answer out is that now. way. For correct. me, the answer is now. Yeah. If it plays out that way, you're, you're definitely correct. I'm a little higher on Bryce Young based on that organizational talent around him and what have we seen in college, but I, I definitely get what you're saying. So well, I don't have any buckets for the quarterbacks. You guys are lucky. No That's buckets. All right. Mitch. Uh, you talked about Spears, Sharb. You got mm-hmm. a wide receiver, and then Dan actually agrees with this one. Yeah, it's good. It's Rashid Rice. I <clears throat> I was out on him pretty much post-draft pretty quickly. I'm completely out on him now. I just He's going to get on the field because of a Katerius Tony injury or something like that, right? But those aren't the kind of wide receivers I want to buy in for a rookie. And this isn't a Shepherd, Justin Jefferson was, you know, the fourth wide receiver on the Vikings as a rookie or any crap like that. Like, we're not even sure Rashid Rice is going to be good in the NFL. I Justin Jefferson, he was first round pick. We had a lot of confidence, at least that part of it, right? But here, let me read you a quote real quick. So this is from Patrick Mahomes. I'm just paraphrasing a little bit here so it's not too long-winded. But he goes on. He's someone that's going to be called upon more kind of in that same slot role as probably as Juju was. Uh, he could also go over the top and make plays happen. He's not talking about the six one or she rice. He's talking about sky Moore, who's five ten, and they have Richie James and they have Kadarius Tony and they have MVS and they don't throw to the wide receivers in the first place. So in my opinion, there is just no chance. I'll, I want Rasheed rice on any of my teams. I'm completely out. Would it surprise you, and this is to Mitch, if this wide receiver core for fantasy was led by MVS and Richie James in 2023? Oh, absolutely I, not. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I Would I bet on it? No. But it's not something that would absolutely shock me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to say if, if we thought, you know, Richie James or Justin Watson are better than Rasheed Rice, and I was going to say, no, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't go as far as you went, J.B., but definitely concerned about Rasheed Rice's ability to even sniff the field this season. Yep. It, it's so funny over the last couple of years, right? How every draft process leading up to the NFL draft, we would, you know, and I say we, the dynasty community would be saying, well, if so-and-so uh, lands in Kansas city, th- their value is going to really rise. Now it seems like it's the opposite. And Based on recent history, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, with, with the sky more than with running backs, with CEH, how that played out. You know, it's like, please don't go to Kansas City. We got Rich in the chat. Justin Ross could surprise. I'd be more surprised if he stayed healthy at this point. 
Uh, but no, honestly, he's not it's wrong wide, though. I mean, there's hope there. I mean, it's, listen, it's it's a wide open receiving core mm-hmm. outside of Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, we'll see. We had the news today that who knows, Pacheco might not be ready for training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have McKinnon there still, who's going to be involved in the passing game, uh, at least based on what we saw previously. So I, I think things are wide open here. Dan, you agree with Rasheed Rice. Is it the landing spot? Is it the way you looked at him prior to the NFL draft, or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. He wasn't anybody I was necessarily high on, but I, I think we're starting to really understand how Kansas City runs their offense and and, and what this organization's doing. And I, I think he is, if you drafted him on your dynasty roster, don't be completely discouraged. Just I wouldn't have any expectations this season. I think he's a developmental guy. And, hey, I'm not going to question Kansas City development, developing talent because they've done a great job of that and, and they manage their salary cap well. And I just think it's Sky Moore's time. I think Kadarius Tony, as long as he can stay healthy, has a very strong role on that team. I think MVS isn't going away this year. And JB, you even mentioned Richie James. Everywhere he goes, that guy, that dude's reliable. Like mm-hmm. he just has a role. He finds that role. And if anybody gets hurt on that team, Richie jo- James is going to be the guy that coaches trust. But I'm not worried about Richie James long term. I'm not worried about Justin Watson long term. I'm not worried about MVS long term. So I think if Rice could continue to develop, in a year or two, he might be the next Sky Moore. You know, he, he might come into a role in that offense. All right, Dan, you have another wide receiver here, and I want to touch on both of them uh, in that same bucket. You know, uh, So, Dan, who's the other wide receiver you want to bring up tonight? Yeah, all, my, all the guys I thought potentially could be bust, again, I, I try to ha- – pick guys that did have some value or going, you know, in these rookie startups, they were all drafting the top 100 of the NFL draft. And I, I picked Jalen Hyatt here. And he's a guy that I did take some dynasty and best ball shares. And it's just because he fell, you know, it was value when, when I got him. And there is some athleticism, some speed. We love speed in the NFL and there's some talent and there's a giants roster that we'd like to think there's an opportunity to crack. But I go back, I have two things that are really pressing on me right now. I go back to, I watched, I listened to a lot of Steve Smith breaking down wide receivers in this offseason. And he thought, yeah, I, I got to bring it back up though. I, I, he, he mentioned Hyatt as a guy that he thought was going to struggle, at least initially, and, and not be able to turn that corner. And then, although I know it's very super early, even, in, even without pads, Hyatt couldn't really get positive praise compared to other New York Giants receivers and I just think when it comes down to trust and they've got a plethora of wide receivers in that New York Giants depth chart I think Hyatt is has a long road to crack that lineup so between the learning curve all the people he has to climb to get valuable playing time that we need for fantasy I think it's going to be a while it's funny that we bring up Rasheed Rice and Jalen Hyatt in the Kansas City wide receiver core and the Giants, because the, they kind of have similarities with there's just this big cluster of of wide receivers that nobody, at least up to this point, is elite. Nobody is well above average for fantasy purposes. Um, but it's a lot of what ifs. It's a lot of question marks. It's a lot of can this guy stay healthy above any of these other guys on the depth chart? And one of the greatest rivalries that we're seeing right now is the Giants versus Kadarius Tony. That's a fun back and forth. What the heck? Uh, but I'm glad that you guys wanted to bring up Rice and Jalen Hyatt 
looking at these two guys currently valued as dynasty wide receiver 41 to 60. Okay. 20 wide receivers since 2019 have come in in that range. Okay. Eight of those 20 rows going into year two by at least 10 spots, eight of 20 dropped by at least 10 going into the next year. So we're seeing a very wide range of outcomes. The players that dropped Terrace Marshall, uh, JJ Orsega Whiteside, Brian Edwards, Isabella, David Bell, uh, Hakeem Butler, Alec Pierce, and John Mechie, who I mentioned last because that was an extraordinary uh, situation. So the verdict is still out there. But those other, and Alec Pierce too, to an extent, but those other guys, I so if you're in this range and you end up dropping by 10 plus spots and you aren't uh, in an extraordinary medical situation like John Mechie was, most likely your future prospects are not great. So looking at Jonathan Mingo, Marvin Mims, Jaden Reed, Rasheed Rice, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, two to three of them are going to rise by at least 10. Two to three of them are going to drop. I think, I, I hate to say it because I love them, but I think Josh Downs and Jalen Hyatt, they're locks to drop by at least 10 spots. Ooh, locks. 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 I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> locks. And the two guys that are going to rise, I think it's going to be Mingo, and I do think it's going to be Marvin Mims. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Jaden Reed and Rasheed Rice kind of maintain their value. Uh, again, small sample. I'm not going to sit here and say it's 40% each way hard and fast there. No, it's, it's, uh, a lot of variance and we'll see how it goes, but this is a very interesting range that if these guys struggle in year one and we see a significant drop heading into year two from an ADP perspective in startups, it might be time to get out. So I'm not a rookie, but Alec Pierce is an interesting case. Maybe this is one. And actually, on my spreadsheet, on my tiers, part of the Dynasty Theory Patreon, five bucks a month, that mother trucker is in red. Sell. Hmm. I mean, I, I, what could? He, how is he going to perform with Richardson if Richardson has struggles throwing a little bit? If there right. was anything I, I liked on film of Richardson, it was the deep ball, which would maybe encourage me of Josh Downs a little bit, especially as a, two rookies coming in together. I'm sure they're going to be working together a lot. But Jalen Hyatt, on the other hand, with veteran Danny Dimes, again, could he crack that lineup? They may need him to stretch the defense. Who knows? And you, you can make a case, you know, hey, does Darius Slayton get injured? Does Sterling Shepard get injured? Wondell Robinson get injured? It's a it's a receiving core that's had trouble staying healthy. So maybe that's his hope. But, again, a lot of those guys, there's, there's a lot of optimism in New York. All right. Well, I pulled the data here so you guys are getting it one way or another. Oh, no. Uh, wide receivers that came in as a top 20 dynasty wide receiver. There were six of them. Only one of them dropped by at least 10 spots. That was Nikhil Harry. He went from 18 to 43, three of the six rose in value. So they were high to begin with and they ended up rising and who falls in this category. JSN, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Mitch out of those three, who's who has the most bust potential. Dan and I kind of talked about this two weeks ago, but I want your opinion really quick. Give me the three again. JSN, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison. I don't think any of them are going to drop just because of their situation. Like, if I had to pick one, 
Quentin Johnston just because he's the rawest of the three, but I really think they're all really fair values right now. And I don't even love GSM this year, but I mean, next year, I think he's going to look awesome. And I mentioned this two weeks ago as well with Quentin Johnston. He's in one of those similar situations as like uh, the Kendra Miller equivalent. Well, you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams ahead of him. Maybe he struggles in year one a little bit, but people are very forgiving whenever you're tied to a quarterback like Justin Herbert. When we can have a narrative behind these rookies about why they fell, that's what matters. But if it's they fell just because they don't see the field for whatever reason, we don't have that narrative already building behind them. That's the ones I think we see drop really fast. Yeah, and that's... uh, you know, so if you have an underperforming rookie, the bigger takeaway is if there are narratives out there to keep these guys alive from a value perspective, mm-hmm. and that's what we're talking about here with 2023 rookie bust from a value perspective, uh, maybe that gives you an opportunity to move on from them because the narratives are alive and well. Best example, I think, Trey Lance value right now, Zach Wilson's value right now. To me, I think they're like, same prospects on the field, but one has higher value for absolutely no reason. No reason whatsoever. Well, they, the, the 49ers traded uh, the boatload, so the, the sunk cost fallacy. But anyway, so then wide receivers coming in at 21 to 40, all right? Six of 16 dropped by at least 10 spots. And here's what we just talked about. Well, we can make a narrative around Jamison Williams, but here's the other guys. Jalen Rager, Sky Moore, Henry Ruggs, Paris Campbell, Rondell Moore. Does this present an opportunity then for Sky Moore to get him off our rosters because he dropped significantly? He he Don't fell flat there, uh, and seven of sixteen rose by double digits. Which bucket is a flowers in, guys? Does he rise or does he drop? Rise. Or is he one of the few that just maintains? He should rise I, too. Rise or maintains. Oh, I think he drops a little bit, just a little bit. All my faith in Monkin. I like, I don't care who, Odell, higher. Everyone on that offense is going up next year. <laughs> All right. We have, wait, none of you had tight ends? No, because I think it's, well, what are we it's really going to call a bust right? with a tight end, really? I mean, is Luke Shoemaker going to be a bust? Sure, because I drafted a lot of him. But, like, I mean, Thanks, I can't really call these guys a bust, to be honest. Well, let me share something then before final thoughts. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no tight end over the last four years has come into the league with their pre-rookie season Dynasty ADP being better than tight end 25. There's a lot going on. None of them better than tight end 25 lost significant value heading into year two. And there's always, well, you can get these guys significantly cheaper heading into year two, unless it's an extraordinary Kyle Pitts situation. Who's valued as the tight end one overall coming into his rookie season. It's, it's very different. Hawk. He went from seven to nine. McBride went from 17 to 21. Jay Sternberger was still tight end 22 going into his year two. In this bucket, we're talking about Dalton Kincaid, Laporta, Mayer, and Musgrave. Dan, out of those four, who is it? Who is the biggest risk to bust? I'd say it's Luke Musgrave because he was kind of a raw talent, a bet on skill set versus true body of work. And, you know, I watched his game film. He was raw. So to me, it's, it's easily Luke Musgrave. I'm pretty high on the others. All right. Tight ends 25 to 30. There were seven, there were 14, sorry, 
14 that came in, two of seven dropped significantly, two of seven rose significantly, three of seven stayed flat. Josh Oliver dropped from 25 to 38 going into year two. Uh, Warring out of Houston, third round pick. He went from tight end 30 to 40. Luke Shoemaker and Tyler Kraft. Rise, drop, maintain. Shoemaker's going up. I'll have all the faith in Dan's Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, right Cowboys, the ones that I care about. Opportunities there. Draft capitals there in Shoemaker. But boy, that's a crowded tight end room with a lot of question marks. No. no. Shoemaker drops by 10 spots. Kraft. Man, you're wrong so often this episode. Kraft maintains, I think. Um, I don't think Kraft then, gets past Musgrave. I mean, is that offense going to support two hey, tight ends? Kraft has a hell of a profile, man. He I, does. He does. I do like Musgrave better than him, but I just thought of the, the group before that, Musgrave had the best chance of busting. But there's I, potential I, there. Because here's the thing. Again, you can talk about these narratives. If Musgrave stays healthy and Kraft stays healthy, the expectations are far greater by many for Shoemaker year one. So because of that, when he does fall flat and it's Jake Ferguson season, baby coming in with 300 receiving awesome. yards, leading that tight end room. <laughs> I think Shoemaker has a lot more uh, risk and potential to bust. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Anything yeah. else? Any other fun things with tight ends here? That was yeah. a lot of buckets. Not really, man. The bucket. Listening to that on two X, that's going to be rough. And again, listen, listen, listen. When I was rattling through all those numbers and everything, so like entering the league, the rookie ADP prior to their rookie season in June of their respective rookie seasons, that was the first set of numbers, like tight end twenty five to thirty. That's where they were ADP wise, and then talking about the different buckets. Those are the categories, obviously. And then the second number was where they are going into year two. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions or you couldn't keep up, shoot me a message. More than happy to answer it. Oh, man. Final thoughts. All right, Dan. Final thoughts for the 209th time. Talking about rookie bus. What do you got? All right. 209th final thought here or, or something close to that. I think we have a startup season uh, episode coming up in the near future. I'm getting into a couple startups. They, they suck me in every year. I was offered, and I, my answer is no to this, but I'm going to put it to you guys. What, what would you give as a counter? They want my first-round pick, which you know I'm often willing to give up. They're offering me an eighth-rounder. Nope. What would you gentlemen counter with? And this could be something for listeners to kind of a little warm up to our upcoming uh, startup episode. For me, real quick, it's easy. I will sell mine for a sixth. I will use my 24 first to get a sixth round pick. And that's how I'll do it. JB, yeah, that, that, that's fine for me. Um, ultimately, I think the, the mid eighth round in startups right now in 12 team super flex two PPR for tight ends. Uh, no really wonky scoring. I have that to the equivalent of uh, a very probable playoff first in 2024. So it's still rather random, even though you're giving yourself that extra piece this year to compete. But I would need something in that sixth range to to make it worth it for me. You know, I think the sixth is where I, I take the startup pick. Seventh is that break even. Eighth, I want the first. Fair enough. 
There's our there's our startup teaser. Mm-hmm. So yeah, next week I think we're gonna talk about some startups. All right, Mitch, what do you got? Last I don't think we mentioned it. The Discord is open to everybody. I don't think we talked about it last episode, but it's not just Patreon only anymore. We decided to open up to anybody. So if you want to get in, just DM any of us or the Dynasty Theory Twitter account and just hit us up on there. We'll get you in. Or or let me know if I do this right. Hit that subscribe button below. Boop, 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 boop. But uh, it's in the episode description. I threw the link oh, up there. Perfect. All right. Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast feed and you're thinking, man, I really want to talk to these guys 24-7. How can I do that? The Discord link is available mm-hmm. and it's free. There are some patron channels in there with some exclusive conversations. <laughs> Those are pretty wild conversations. DT after dark. Anyway, for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Get ready to talk some startups. Have a great week.